Greetings from Covenant Community of LJ, Georgia. We want to thank you for taking the time to listen to these messages God has provided to our fellowship from His Word. May He bless you richly as you seek Him. We'd like to invite you to be with us in person someday soon. And for information on that, visit us at covenantcommunitylj.com. And now, let's open up God's Word. You know, it's possible to sit in church and to hear the truth. (coughs) Excuse me. To know uh, some facts. But we need God's convicting power by the Holy Spirit to uh, give what we call a rhema word. There's the word which is just the word of God and not just the word of God. It's uh, eternally precious. It is God's word, but there is the time when he comes and makes that word alive. There's a revelation knowledge. There's an illumination that he gives to his word and it becomes alive and speaking into your heart. And uh, we long for that to happen to everybody. We long for everybody to get plugged in, turned on, and to know Jesus in his fullness. Uh, now, what Neil has experienced, <coughs> and we'll hear a couple of testimonies next week, that is just the beginning. That is becoming a baby Christian. You can be 90 and be a baby Christian. You have just come spiritually alive where your spirit is beginning, is melded with the Holy Spirit who comes to live in you and begins to give your mind, will, and emotions a new kind of spectrum to operate in. And the spirit controls the mind, will, and emotions which controls the body. And the more you know the word of God and the spirit of God, then you live in a life with Christ, not walking with him, but his spirit in you and you in him. And there is a whole beautiful uh, spectrum of things that that are there, treasure that you have no idea. Neil, you've just begun. You have just walked through the foyer. You have no idea what is there. And uh, even if you've heard stuff in your head today, I've got a challenge for you. And I pray that God uses this message. Most of you here have given your life to Christ. Many of you a long time ago. Uh, And we've been paralleling this with the book of Joshua, where uh, as they (coughs) came into the land, God promised to Abraham. And now 430 years later, he brings them in to the promised land, the land that God promised them to Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. And now here come the 12 tribes across the flooded Jordan. We've talked to you about how Jericho and the walls fell down and they conquered that city, a mighty city with just a shout in the name of the Lord as they obeyed God. And God told them, I want you to take over this whole land. It's yours. These people are wicked and beyond redemption unless, except Rahab, she humbled herself. God accepted her. But the rest of the people resisted God, fought against him, and they were to be destroyed. The people they didn't destroy and they let remain led them astray and cost them their families, cost them the land, cost them to go back into slavery, uh, to Babylon, slavery, to Syria, slavery, because they did not do what God said in a full way, eradicating the people in the land of Canaan. Today, I want to talk to you about, as they came into Canaan, there were mighty cities. There was Gibeon, and they made a treaty with them because they tricked them. But there were lots of other cities, and you can read them in the book of Joshua. This city, that city, that city. And as you come to Christ, listen, today, uh, you know, I've got a problem in my yard. In my yard, there's pine cones. 
And I mean pine cones everywhere. I go out there, I rake them up, I put them in the bag, I tote them off and grumble and mumble about them. And, and I, I, I get them. And, and then just a few days later, guess what I see again? Pine cones. Now I can keep picking up pine cones and I can keep grumbling and attacking pine cones and I can get out there faster and faster and I can even send Martha out there to help me get them faster. But what should I do if I really want to solve the pine cone problem? Oh, you all are so smart. Cut the pine cone tree. And I'm going to. It's going bye-bye. It's got a pink ribbon around it. It's going away. Uh, it's going to be chippered and it's going to be gone. And I won't have that problem. But we in our Christian lives so often, we are trying to deal with my temper, trying to deal with my lust, trying to deal with my greed, trying to deal with my pride, trying to find somebody to blame for all the things in my life that are trying to deal with the symptoms. And we need to deal with, last week we said the problem is the spirit is against the flesh. Say it louder. Flesh. And those people at those other churches, they're full of that stuff. And so are we. Uh, and the battle that we have is with the flesh today. I've got chairs around the side there. I've got cushions in front of them. I've got little cards and pens there. Because I pray that God speaks to our hearts today. We as the church at Covenant Community, we as brothers and sisters in Christ, we need to take another step forward in our walk with God. You may be in a dry place. You may be in a defeated place. You may be in a place where it is a whole lot of you and a very little bit of him. Today, you're invited. Neil has come to say, <coughs> I've wandered, been living my own life, didn't know God, went to church, heard about him, but I'd never, thank you, surrendered uh, to him. Um, nothing does much good, but... <sighs> Sorry. But I do want to say this anyway, even if I do cough and splutter, so I hope it doesn't annoy you. Um, but... God's kind spirit came and turned, made his eyes where he could see, made his ears where he could hear, gave him a heart to respond to the Lord and to say, yes, Jesus, yes, Lord. Now, many, many people in churches, that's all they ever hear. People think that the purpose of the church is just get people saved and every week they come in, get saved, yes, bless God, okay, I did. It felt good. Now what? Well, go bring somebody else in. Get them saved. Well, today I want to save you some time. You young people back there, you not quite as young people, and you mature people, uh, uh, you know, God wants us to move into the fullness of Christ. Jesus, when he came, he was born as a baby. He submitted himself to God, and he came down, and he was born as a baby. He grew up at age 12. His parents said, what are you doing here in the temple? And we thought that you were with, with everybody going back home. And he said, don't you know, I've got to be about my father's business. As he began into his ministry, he said, my meat is to do the will of him that sent me. I live to please God, my father. That's what God wants from you on the back row. That's what God wants from you on the front row. That's what God wants from us people that are sold out. To live, to please God. First priority is God happy. That 
And, 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 and now, last week we talked about the flesh. There's bad flesh, and we know. We can talk about that. Oh, uh, moral sin. They're, they're having sex out of marriage. They're getting drunk. They're getting high. They're over there stealing, and they're lying and doing all that bad stuff. Yes, we, we can talk about bad flesh, but what about good flesh? And I use good in quotation marks. What about, well, I've been memorizing Scripture. When's the last verse you memorized? Uh, I read the whole Bible through twice this year. I came to church Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. I'm turbo Christian. Uh, you know, and here we are. We can be right back with the flesh again, right? Proud of what we've done. Judgmental of the people around us. Talking about all of them. And we've got our eyes off of Jesus and back onto who? Good old me again. No, 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 no. Hebrews 12 says, fix your eyes on Jesus. He's the author of your faith. And he is the maturer of your faith. He is the one who's going to help you grow into all that God has for you. What a shame to live on the other side of Jordan. What a shame to live with the whole promised land given to you and you don't have it. There's cities that God wants you to live in. Olive groves that he wants you to have. Vineyards that are yours for the taking. All he says is go in every place you put your foot. It's yours. It's the promised Land, the land that I promised you, a land of milk, a land of honey, a land of blessing, everything that I want for you. He says, I want you to go there. It was prophesied, it's promised, then it was given to them. They needed to go in and take it. You know, this promised land is the picture in your life of victorious Christian living. Are you a victorious Christian? Once, twice a year, sometimes, maybe. <laughs> Uh, are you a person that is surrendered to Christ? Are you a person that is spirit-filled? Are you living the abundant life? Are you uh, experiencing the, the rest Hebrews talks about when you cease from your own works and then enter into his? You're in rest. You have peace in your heart, joy in your heart. You know, if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit, and whatever term you want to use for it, baptizing the Holy Spirit. You know, we Americans, we like to look for a crisis and, and, and that we can have and go, I got it, yeah. Now I don't have to do anything. Oh, man, I'm going to feel good all the time. Now I tell you what, it, it's a discipleship life. Deny yourself every day. Take up your cross every day. Follow me every day. The blood of Jesus Christ, listen, listen. The blood of Jesus Christ takes care of your sins. The cross of Christ takes care of the flesh. Galatians 2.20, I am crucified with, everybody say with, with Christ. I am crucified with Christ. Galatians 2.20, nevertheless, I live, but not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That is what we're talking about today. And today you're invited. If you know, oh, I'm far, far away from that. There's nothing crucified about the me. My life, I'm doing what I want to, when I want to, how I want to. I am not a nice person. I am a proud person. 
I am a arrogant person. I am an unkind person. I am a selfish person. I am a proud person. I name the name of Christ, but he's not in charge of my life. He's not driving. I've been grabbing the wheel and twisting around trying to go someplace else. If God convicts you that you are a person living in the flesh, the flesh fights against the spirit and the spirit fights against the flesh. God wants us to be people who live as individuals, as families and as a church living in victory. Living in victory over the world. Victory over the, the, the flesh, which is the self-centered system. Victory over the devil in Jesus' name. What he asks you to do is do what Neil did to receive Jesus Christ. Surrender. He could do like a demon. He could come in and hush a sand and wham you. No. He comes and says, I love you. He pursues you. He chases after you. He reveals things to you. He speaks to you. Paul the Apostle uh, Saul, before he got saved, uh, when Jesus appeared to him, he said, it's hard for you to kick against the pricks. I've been goading you. I've been trying to speak to you. I spoke to you while Stephen died. I spoke to you with those other people that you hauled off and murdered because they were Christians. Those men, those women, those families you've destroyed uh, because you're attacking Jesus. He said, I was after you. I was after you. I was after you. And Paul said, oh, now I've given my life to Christ. The armor that God's given you in Ephesians 6, and we've talked about that before. Paul says, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. God has a course for you. That course is a life of loving faith in Jesus Christ. Turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12. 2 Timothy 1, 12. Now, um... We've had several things going on today, so I was going to talk to you a little bit out of Romans 6, 7, and 8, but let me just summarize that for you, but I'm going to let you find 2 Timothy 1, 12, so you'll listen to what I say about Romans 6, 7, and 8. We talked about that a little last week. Still with me? Good. I'm going to save you years of dryness, years of uselessness. You know, the Bible says that you can be, 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 11 says that you can be useless and unfruitful in the knowledge of Jesus Christ. Yeah, I know all that stuff. And you're sitting in your rocking chair at home not doing a thing, not experiencing a thing. Now, what good is a soldier that's sitting in a rocking chair on the beach? Useless. Got to be in the battle. We got work to do. We're not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. 2 Timothy 1, uh, verse 12. Paul says, well, let me say Romans 6, 7, and 8 now that you find my verse, sorry. Romans 6 says, sin shall not have dominion over you. You've given your life to Jesus Christ. His spirit has come into you. You are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Listen now, listen now. If I am a slave to somebody and I die, am I their slave anymore? It's not a hard question. No. That's what the Bible says happened in Romans 6. When Christ died, I died with him. When he rose, I rose with him. When he ascended, I ascended with him. Ephesians says we are seated with Christ in heavenly places. How do you experience that in your life? Now listen, how do you experience that? Take God's word for it. Take it to the bank. He says that's what's happened. You died to sin. 
Sin can try to boss you around. Sin can try to tell you what to do. But you died to sin. The old nature is not in you. The old nature is gone. You have a new nature in Christ. Your mind, will, and emotions have wrong attitudes, wrong uh, actions. Your mind, your body has uh, desires. But your spirit is in charge with the Holy Spirit of God. And you can live a life of victory in Jesus. You can conquer the land that God has given you. Not by yourself. This is the trick. We try to say, well, I'm, gonna, I'm just not going to lose my temper anymore. Uh, uh, I'm gonna stay away from them. You know, or, no, no. I, I, I tried that. There was a time in my Christian life uh, when I was trying my best to go to church, to witness, to do that stuff. And I realized uh, one, one, one night when I left the ground in a car and went airborne and I thought, you know, I might just die now and I just really don't care. And I was only 18. Well, I landed and I took back my friend's car. Fortunately, we didn't wreck it and tear it up. So this was good. Uh, but I went back troubled about myself. What is wrong with me? I should be enjoying life. Something's wrong. And I prayed and I said, God, help me. And I read Colossians 2.6 in the New Living uh, Bible. And it said, the same way you receive Christ Jesus the Lord, that's the way you walk with him. How did I receive him? I came to him and I said, I'm doomed. I sin. I can't come to heaven. You said that sinners can't come to heaven. There's no hope for me. But you did say, God, that Jesus died and rose again. And if I put my faith in him, he would do something incredible in me. He would take away the sickness, the evil that's in me. He would give me a new heart, give me a new life. Send your Holy Spirit into me and make me into a new person because I put my faith in him. My faith is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood, on His righteousness. I don't trust the sweetest person. I wholly lean on Jesus' name, on Christ, the solid rock I stand. That's how I received Jesus Christ. As you received Him, so walk in Him. One step at a time with Him, saying, all of Jesus, none of me. Yes, I need to read my Bible. Yes, I need to go to church. Yes, I need to go to work. Yes, I need to discipline my child. Yes, I need to do the things God's given me responsibility for, but never independently of God, trusting in Him. I realized I was trying to live the Christian life to get God to love me, and I dried up and God just crossed His arms and said, man, doesn't that get you worn out? Doesn't that get you tired? I said, yes, I wish I was dead. He said, well, quit. John 15, be a branch in the vine. Now listen here to Paul as an old man writing uh, 2 Timothy chapter 1. He says, uh, verse 12, For this reason I also suffer these things, but I am not ashamed. For I know, listen, I know who I have believed. And I'm convinced, persuaded. I can take it to the bank. I am utterly convinced that he is able to guard what I have entrusted to him until that day. Romans chapter 6. You can have a new life in Christ. Today, have you just heard about Jesus? The devil believes in God. 
but he has not surrendered to him. Have you surrendered to Jesus? Is he your Lord and Savior? I'm not going to heaven because my mom and daddy are missionaries. I'm not going to heaven because I'm a pastor and a preacher and I know the Bible. I'm going to heaven because I put my faith in Jesus Christ. He sent his spirit into me and there's evidence in my life. I have a new love for the word of God. It speaks to me. I have uh, answered prayer. I have the witness of the Holy Spirit. First John gives you all of these. I have victory over the world, the flesh, and the devil. Maybe not all the time, but I have that in my life. Romans 6, chapter 7 is when you try to live the Christian life on your own. The things I don't want to do, I do. The things I do, I don't want to do. Oh, God, help! That's what it says at the end of Romans 7. And Romans chapter 8 says, I will trust the Holy Spirit. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Let Him be like a mighty river flowing through you. Full and strong. Let Him be the one. Everything I do, I'm to do in the power of the Holy Spirit. I cannot do anything today that will accomplish anything in your life unless the Holy Spirit energizes and uses it and helps me. And that's what I pray for week by week. We've had people praying during Sunday school, people praying early this morning, people praying through the week. Oh, Lord, work in our fellowship. Oh, Lord, touch lives. What a wonderful thing to hear that uh, up at a coffee shop, Neil gave his life to the Lord. What a nice thing to hear that Caleb... I'll let him tell you about that. What a nice thing to hear about Chancey. I'll let her tell you about that. Okay. What a nice thing to hear that God is speaking in people's lives. God's working in people's lives. Paul said a long time ago, y'all, I used to kill Christians. I hated Christians. And one day God smacked me off the horse and I said, who are you? And he said, I'm Jesus that you're persecuted. You're, oh no, you're Jesus? I hate you. You're the real thing? Oh what do I do now? Well, walk into town. I'll talk to you later. So Paul, they lead him in blind. For three days, he goes, to, he goes to a house and he sits there for three days. They said, you need to drink something, man. No. You need to eat something, man. No, I'm not doing nothing until I hear that voice again. Not until he comes and speaks to me. Something serious is going on here. And then there's a guy named Ananias. He's in his house minding his own business. And God says, go down to the street called Straight. There's a guy named Saul of Tarsus there calling on me. And you're going to tell him. And the scales are going to fall from his eyes. And he's going to get saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And he's going to be awesome in my kingdom. And then I said, God, <clears throat> may I remind you that he's killed a lot of Christians. He is not a nice guy. Are you sure this is you? Or is this the pizza talking? And God said, no, it's me. Go. Now, that's not really the way it was. So Ananias got up and he went and he walked in. And he said, Brother Saul, God has sent me to tell you the good news of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. Paul uh, believed the scales fell off his eyes. He was baptized and he went out and began proclaiming because the Holy Spirit fit his life, proclaiming the word of God and the power of the Spirit and was a changed man. And then he says, I know who I am. Have believed. I put my faith in Jesus a long time ago, and I'm convinced, I'm sure, that he's able to guard, to take care of, to protect. Uh, I made a deposit in the bank uh, of heaven in Jesus, and he's able to guard what I've entrusted them to, to him against that day. Look over in chapter 2, it says in verse 4, that we are like soldiers. It says in verse 5, we're like athletes. How many of you have been watching the Olympics? I mean, you see people winning by one hundredth of a second. The person that lost and got fifth place was 
one second behind. Oh, good grief. I mean, it's incredible. Uh, These people and what they've done. We are like soldiers. We are like athletes. We are to be serious about being like Jesus and being used. We're like farmers. Now, over in verse 20 of chapter 2, 2 Timothy 2, 20, it says, Now, in a large house, there are not only gold and silver articles or silver vessels, drinking vessels and, and serving and eating vessels, but also vessels of wood and of earthenware, and some to honor, some to dishonor. Listen now. This is your choice today. Those of you who are Christians, therefore, if anyone cleanses himself, says up in verse 19, abstain from wickedness. The Lord knows who are his, verse 19. And everyone who names the name of the Lord is to abstain from wickedness. Now back in verse 21, he says, If anyone cleanses himself from these things, he will be a vessel of honor, sanctified, useful to the master, prepared for every good work. But flee, listen, flee, run away from youthful lusts, the things that are of the flesh that pull you away from that purity in Christ. And pursue, chase after, be passionate about being righteous, Living a life of faith, love, and peace with those who call on the Lord from a pure heart. Not trying to get something from Him, but because He's worthy that we love Him and serve Him. But refuse uh, foolish and ignorant speculations, knowing that they produce quarrels. And the bondservant, the Lord's bondservant, the one who loves Him passionately, must not be quarrelsome, but kind to all. That includes your husband, includes your wife. Includes your parents. Able to teach, patient when wrong, with gentleness, correcting those who are in opposition. Maybe God will open their eyes. Maybe God will grant them repentance to lead them to a knowledge of the truth. And they can come to their senses. That means they're out of their senses. And escape from the snare. They're trapped by the devil, having been held captive by him to do his will. God says, You have a choice. Listen, listen. If you walk in the flesh, he says, Galatians 6, 7, don't be deceived. God's not mocked. You don't make a fool of God. Whatever you sow, you'll reap. If you sow to the flesh, that is your choice. You do have a choice to sow to selfishness, to sow to doing my own thing, to plant selfishness and and self-will and be proud and be arrogant and be hateful and be unkind and be selfish. You can live a life that way. The one who sows to the flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption, decay, gangrene, cancer, death. The one who sows to the spirit shall of the spirit reap life everlasting. Making the choices. How do you sow to the spirit? The place you start. You know, we had a couple of people come down here and get on their knees this morning. That's a good thing to do. Do that with your body. Do that with your heart. Humble yourself before God. Say, oh God, I'm prone to wander. Lord, I feel it. I'm prone to leave you, the God I love. Here's my heart. Take, seal it. Seal it for your courts above. The Holy Spirit comes and seals your heart. The Holy Spirit comes and illumines your heart. The Holy Spirit comes and gives life and resurrection into your life. The Holy Spirit comes and works in your life and in my life to make us what we is beyond our imagination. It's like that caterpillar that crawls up, goes into the cocoon, and then comes out a butterfly. In seconds, it can fly 
places that the caterpillar would take hours to walk. In, in seconds, it can do things that the caterpillar can never even imagine. And in Christ, we are created to be like Christ, living like Jesus in this world. The Bible says that there are people who have a form of godliness but deny the power of it. Oh, Lord, help us that we walk in your power. The power that sees God intervening in situations, intervening in the marriage, intervening in the job, intervening in the health, intervening in life, not demanding that he does anything, but coming to him and praying to him about everything. Said, God, if you don't do anything, I can't. I trust you. I love you. I know you love me. Today, today, will you say yes to Jesus? Will you say no to the flesh? The flesh cannot please God. Self-righteousness cannot please God. Man tries to refine and reform the flesh. The flesh is against the spirit and the spirit is against the flesh. You cannot do the things you want to do. The mind set on the flesh, the Bible says, is death. I know this is God's word for us today. I'm not mad at you. I'm talking to us. God wants us to be like a mighty army moving together, walking in the spirit, serving in the spirit, the gifts of the spirit, working among us, working the different ones with different gifts, serving, working in small groups, working in big groups, coming together with anticipation of what God's going to do. Taking time day by day to pray. Taking time day by day to uh, seek to know the Lord. Entering into the land of promises. Not trying to do the bad works of the flesh and not trying to do the good works of the flesh. Asking Him to keep turning the light on in our lives. Galatians 2.20 I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. There's an old hymn that says, More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More, more of his love who died for me. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. More about Jesus, let me learn. More of his holy will discern. More about Jesus in his word, holding communion with my Lord, hearing his voice in every line and making each faithful, saying mine. More about Jesus on his throne, riches and glory all his own. More of his kingdom's sure increase. More of his coming, prince of peace. More, more about Jesus. More, more about Jesus. There's another song, Moment by Moment, and I won't read that to you now. Uh, another time we will. Um, another song says, Through it all, I've had many tears and sorrows. I've had questions for tomorrow. There have been times that I didn't know right from wrong. But in every situation, God gave blessed consolation that my trials only come to make me strong. I've been a lot of places, and I've seen many faces. There have been times I felt so all alone. But in that lonely hour, in that precious lonely hour, Jesus let me know I was his own. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. 
Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. So I thank God for the mountains and I thank God for the valleys. I thank him for the storms he's brought me through. Because if I never had a problem, I wouldn't know that he could solve them. I wouldn't know what faith in his word could do. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to trust in Jesus. I've learned to trust in God. Through it all, through it all, I've learned to depend upon his word. I've learned to depend upon his word. God wants a people passionate about walking with him in faith and obedience, saying no to the flesh, saying yes to the spirit. Are you in that place today? Um, I'm just going to give us some time. Um, I've got those chairs there, got cushions in front of them. Um, if you want to just take time to kneel someplace to uh, surrender yourself to the Lord, you can pray like this, dear Lord Jesus. I have asked you to be my Savior and my Lord, but I find that a lot of my life is far from what you would want it to be. I've been experiencing a lot of defeat. I've been experiencing a lot of doubts and questions. I've been experiencing great dryness in my life. I've been wondering if you're even really there. Uh, I believe I'm going to heaven when I die, but right here, uh, it just seems that things are so meaningless. Seems like I'm defeated all the time. And I have been doubting your wisdom. I've been doubting if you even cared about me. But today, I want to join the Apostle Paul and want to say, I know that you are worthy, that I should trust you. Trust you with my soul's salvation, but trust you with each day. I have wandered far away from you. Now I'm coming home. The paths of sin too long I've trod. Now I'm coming home. I want to bow my knees before you. I want to bow my heart before you. I don't know how to fix me, but you do. You said that you loved me when I was your enemy. Now that I'm your child, I know that you love me. I know you have good plans for me. Uh, you said that you will work all things together for good to those who love you. I haven't been loving you. I've been loving me more than you. You said that you'll work all things together for good to those who are called according to your purpose, but I haven't been seeking your purpose. I've been seeking my purpose, my way, my happiness, me, me, me. I've got my eyes off of you, and it's all about me. Oh, Father, forgive me. Oh, Jesus, you lived your whole life saying, all I live for is to please my Father. And you've told me, that you want me to be crucified with you and to be passionate about pleasing God. Paul said, I know whom I have believed and I'm persuaded, convinced deep in my heart that he's able to keep what I've committed unto him against that day. So I commit the rest of my life to you, whether it's 20 years, 50 years, 70 years, uh, two weeks. Lord, I commit my life to you. I surrender to you. I want to live that abundant life. I want you to get rid of the things that you need to get rid of. And I want to lay hold of the things I need to lay hold on. All I want to do is be in harmony with you. I don't have to have stuff. I don't have to have friends. I don't have to have anything else. First of all, I want you. Lord Jesus, you are made to me all I need. You alone are all my plea. You're my wisdom. You're my righteousness. You're my power. You're my holiness forevermore. Oh, Jesus, help me now to fix my eyes on you, to walk with you, to serve you.
being filled with the Holy Spirit, Ephesians 5.18 is a command. You can be filled with the Holy Spirit. God wants you to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, will you say, I will be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not going to have two agendas, God's agenda and my agenda. I give up my agenda. I scrap it all. I don't care what I need to give up. I want to know Jesus. Paul said, I used to be so self-righteous. But he said, all of my self-righteousness I count but dumb. So that I can know Jesus and the power that raised him from the dead. And the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable to his death. Even if he kills me, Job said, I will trust him. God wants people who are sold out to him that believe in who he is. Believe in his power. Believe in his presence. Believe in his love. Believe in his good intentions. People that will trust him. Will you trust him? Will I trust him? Will we trust him? Will we walk with him? Will we bow our knees? Will we bow our heart? And will we say, help us, Lord Jesus. Help us. Lord Jesus. You just speak to the Lord where you are right now, and then in just a minute we'll leave. You just talk to God. Thank Him for His love. Thank Him for His mercy. Thank Him for the Lord Jesus who came to seek and to save lost people. We're all lost. And then to bring us into the family of God, to reconcile us to God through faith in the Lord Jesus, the power of His blood to cleanse us from all sin, the power of the cross to defeat the flesh, and then uh, to follow after Jesus one step at a time. The old song says, I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The cross before me, the world behind me. The cross before me, the world behind me. No turning back. No turning back. Though none go with me, still I will follow. Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back. No turning back. Today is a big day of decision in your life. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. He's calling to you and to me. See there from the gates of heaven, He's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me. Saying, come home. Come home. Come back to my heart. Come back, prodigal. I'll welcome you. I'll cleanse you. I'll forgive you. I'll restore you. And then we will go on in an eternal partnership here and into eternity. I'm the good shepherd. I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. Goodness and mercy can follow you all the days of your life if you'll walk with me. And then you get to dwell in the house of the Lord. We want to thank you one more time for taking the time to listen to these messages that God's provided our fellowship. We believe He's doing something special among us and would love for you to be a part of it. We hope that you'll take the time to come and visit us in person someday soon. And we invite you to visit our website, covenantcommunitylj.com. There you'll find information on how to contact us if you have a prayer request or if there's a specific way we can minister to you and your family. Until then, God bless you.